Hey guys, we're here with another AAC podcast. Today I'm with Darcy Barry and Liam Scott, who have both spent some time here preparing for, like, preparing themselves for college. Uh, Darcy and Liam, just give yourselves an uh, introduction. You want to go first, Darcy, or me, mate? Uh, you go, mate. All right. Uh, hey guys, my name's uh, Liam Scott, uh, 22 from Adelaide, currently playing baseball in Texas for Clarendon College. Uh, I'm a right-handed pitcher. And I'm Darcy and Barry, uh, 19 years old. I'm at a, a North Iowa Area Community College uh, in Iowa, obviously, uh, and I'm a shortstop. Sweet. Um, let me go first again. Just um, This is your second, third year? This is my second year here in college. Second year. Um, just tell us a little bit about your college experience so far. Um yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, coming over here to play to play baseball is, you know, it's pretty next level. You're playing pretty much every single day, um, you know, maybe one or two off days a week if you're lucky. Um, our program, we're normally on the track six or seven days a week and then trying to balance, you know, um, study life in between all of that too, obviously with classes and away games and trying to make sure you're on top of your homework. It um, gets pretty stressful, but, you know, Obviously, there's a, a bigger picture in mind, and I'm sure that's why, you know, Darcy can probably agree as well. That's why we're doing it. Sweet. And Darcy, just tell us a little bit about your experience. I know you left us last last August, so I haven't been there as long. Yeah, no, I've only been here for uh, five months, I think, it's come up to. Um, and as of now, it's been unreal. I mean, I'm a, I'm a freshman here, so I've only, this is my first year here. In my second semester right now, Um and yeah, so far I haven't gotten to travel to play baseball yet. Um, we just started our season a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, um, yeah, just growing as a, growing as a person and having to live on your own with, without having your family or any of your friends to fall back on has really been a, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but I think I've dealt with it well. And, um, yeah, just moving forward to hopefully play baseball soon and staying diligent in the classroom. That's right. Um, Liam, this will be more aimed at you, but Darcy, you can give us a little bit about your experience, sort of just in the playing methods. But how does a how does college baseball compare to playing in South Australia? Um, well, obviously the the main difference that I would tell people is the the metal bats. Uh, quite a factor, you know. You got a lot of kids that have probably been training, playing baseball every single day since they're maybe like four or five years old, and you know, one, they love the game, but two, they're really good at it. And then all of a sudden you give them a metal bat. It's, um, makes it a little bit more interesting. You know, a ball goes up in the air and it's not always a guaranteed pop out or anything like that. Like it actually has a chance to go over the fence. But, um, no, the, there's some difference, obviously, like, like I said, playing every day and training every day. Um, you know, the, your IQ for the game just skyrockets. You know, I've learned so much coming to college and kind of being exposed to it all the time. Um, yeah, it's that's probably the number one difference for me, I would say. Sweet. And Darcy? Yeah, no, it's better enough what Liam said. Um it's definitely definitely a step up um from basically say. because um, these kids growing up have that's all they've done is play play baseball. Um whereas kids in Australia you grow up playing football or cricket and you naturally become good at that just because it's something fun to do. Whereas over here something fun that they do is just play wiffle ball or play baseball with their mates down at the park or they play football. So they're naturally gifted at football and baseball. 
Um, so the IQ for baseball already is just at another level than to Australian. So when I first got here, I noticed um, that there was a lot of catch-up that I had to do. Um, mm. I, mean, I mean, my first, I think my first game that I played was an inner squad and, and I, I remember getting on base and after a walk um, and try to steal the first pitch um, as I usually would back home. And then I got absolutely hosed by half the line. So, um, which I wasn't used to. I never experienced that kind. So it's definitely, definitely a step up and something I have to get used to. Yeah, that's a, that's a great message. Just like knowing that these kids just know baseball just so much more than us and how much you need to sort of catch up when you get there. Yeah. Um, you two are both, uh, two, you two are both like two of the best athletes we've had in here at AAC. How much do you think athleticism has helped you sort of re- get up to that college level and sort of help you play it, help you sort of get to that catch up level that you need to get to? Uh, the athleticism definitely allows you to close the gap a little bit quicker. Um, you know, especially with the, the systems that you guys had for us in place, you know, like the regular gym sessions in the week, you know, four to five times. Um, yeah, our ability, I guess, to handle load and to recover um, has definitely been something that has been a massive uh, benefit to me. Um, and, you know, there's some, some days where you get you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sore. But then by the time that you're in the weight room, you know, the next day or the day after or whatever, and you have to recover and you have to move on, you know, having that, you know, athleticism and that, it's like, oh, it's kind of all going to be okay. You know, that helps out a lot. Um, but in terms of catching up, you know, there's definitely going to be those couple of outlier kids that are still going to be leaps and bounds ahead. And you're like, I don't know why you're at a Juco. Like, you should be drafted. Um, and I'm sure Darcy has a couple of those in his system as well. Um, but, you know, it definitely allows you to have that kind of in your back pocket. It's like, okay, I'm, I should be used to this by now. And yeah, no, I, de- I, I definitely agree with uh, Liam. Being, being athletic because it does allow you to um, catch up a little bit quicker. And I think it makes you realize that you do have to be a little bit mentally more locked in and use more of your athleticism. Whereas being back home, you sort of, I don't know, you, you won't play as hard as you would because, I mean, back home, like if I stole a base, I'd be very confident in stealing a base and wouldn't have to be as on my game as being here. Whereas I've realized now, you more have to be locked in and focused on the game and use more of your, your use more of your athleticism than you would before. Um, but yeah, as Liam said, there's there's guys here that work harder and do the extra work um, on top of all the years that they've been doing since they were six years old. So if I, for me to come over here, I have to work harder and catch up on all the years they had earlier, as well as working harder than the kids that are working harder here. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say too, the other thing is like the similarities though, there are kind of, you know, um, with AAC, obviously having the Adelaide Giants guys in there to train too, it does push you because it's like, okay, I can see where that next level of guys are at. And you're like, if I want to be like them, I got to, you know, I'm watching how they train and all the little things that they're doing. And you start to put them into your routine and you're like, oh, okay, I can see why this, you know, makes a difference. Yeah, 100%. Um, and for every, everyone listening, uh, Liam, up until recently, Liam and Darcy were both tied for our Fly 10 uh, facility record. So for these guys to be saying that there's some freak athletes in college mean means a lot because there's a gap between 
SABL, SABL and you guys. And then obviously there's another gap uh, even beyond that between you guys and some of these other freak athletes. So that's, if you want to, that's going to be some of the people that, some of the athletes that you're going to be dealing with. Just build yeah. different. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, there's, there's been a lot of videos where, um, you know, you'll see it on Instagram and Twitter and stuff of, um, you know, we had a guy here last year at Clarendon who, you know, would very casually squat four and a half, five plates for reps. It wasn't, you know, like, your, oh, like one to two testing day. It was like, I'm going to hit this for a top set of six to eight. Yes. Yeah, and you're like, okay, that's who I'm, that, that's who I'm competing with for game time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I was just going to say, um, growing up, you watch all the, um, little snippets in the videos of like these absolute studs of kids. Um, that were really good and athletic as a young age. And now I'm playing with those types of kids who are just absolute freaks and, you know, they're really, really confident. Um, whereas something I like to call it sometimes delusional confidence. You know, they're not as good mm. as what they are, but with their mind and the way they think of themselves mentally is, um, it pushes them to be better than what they actually are, which helps. Yeah, 100%. Just being confident just helps. It's just a major part of their game, even if maybe they don't have the baseball quality there. So mental, yeah. No, 100%, yeah. Can you guys give us a sort of a day in the life of a college athlete? What does a normal day look like for you from sort of wake up to go to bed? I think maybe Darcy should ask her this one first because I'm a PO, so we have a little bit lighter. <laughs> yeah, I could almost answer your lamb. It was just... Yeah. <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Tag balls um, for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, I, uh, so I wake up at, uh, usually eight o'clock, go to, go to breakfast. Um, breakfast is from 7.30 to 8.30, but I, I give myself an extra uh, half hour sleep in. So I get up at eight, go to breakfast. Um, and then Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I got to go to class from 8.50 till, uh, I think it's 11 um, and then straight from there to practice at 12 um, practice from 12 to usually 1:30, and then straight from that to into the gym from about 1:30 to uh, usually like three. So you do another hour and a half training, hour and a half gym, maybe two hours in the gym um, if you want to do extra work. And then from there after the gym, I got to, I get back to the dorms, shower and then from there I go to dinner at five o'clock and then after dinner it's study just until I'm satisfied until, until I get everything done mm. I would um I would say that my day is pretty similar um you know up around similar time try and give myself a little bit more time in the morning just to kind of get up and um not necessarily plan out the day but you know um depending on what my throwing routine looks like um, if it's going to be like a longer day, if it's going to be like long toss, I got to make sure that I know when, um, I'm going to eat, especially if we're going to be lifting that day. Um, and then obviously what homework I need to get done. Cause obviously as, um, as you know, student athlete, student comes first. And when moving on, uh, a lot of schools give a lot of, uh, like better money when it comes to academics. So making sure that my academics gets done is kind of a priority for, you know, making sure my assignments are done, especially when we start to have conference games and we're on the road for, you know, three to four days of a week or whatever. Um, but yeah, I have breakfast in the morning, um, go to my classes. Normally classes run, well, for me, from like anywhere between nine o'clock to around 12. And then once we're done, uh, go have lunch, 
and then probably like a really light snack, maybe like a protein shake or something before heading to the field. And then uh, depending on what the day looks like, if it's a heavier throwing day, we could be out there for like, you know, hour, hour and a half and then shag. So normally it could be three and a half, four hours. But if we're doing, you know, PFP stuff on top of or like situational plays on top of throwing, we could be out there for four and a half, potentially five, depending on um, how, how quickly and efficiently we move through drills. And then, and after that, come back, eat, shower, um, and then just try and see what homework I've got for the day. Uh, talk to people from back home because normally by the time that my day is kind of unwinding, people are starting to get up and move around back in Adelaide. So it's good to talk to them and stay connected. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of the day. And then go to bed, try and get eight and a half, nine hours of sleep, ideally, and then wake up and do it again. Yeah, that's both really right, really hectic schedules and a lot to fit into one day. I've yeah, you guys sort of wouldn't be feeling like there's enough hours in the day. Uh, sometimes it feels pretty crammed. You're going to bed and you know you literally got the laptop right next to you trying to finish off a homework assignment or or something. But um, you know, when you step on the mound or step in the batter's, you know, you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. So yeah, and like you said, it's all for a, it's all for a bigger picture. You guys have bigger goals that you want. Absolutely, it's just investing in your yourselves and investing your time into something that's going to help you reach those goals. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love it. It is uh, good fun. And a lot of people don't get to say that they can do this either. And, you know, yeah. there's a lot of hardships that come with it. But, um, you know, I was talking about it with some of the other Australians that we have here and they were comparing it to, like, their state tournaments and stuff. And, you know, the state tournaments are pretty flashy because you get to represent the state and it's a national tournament. But it's here. It's like, okay, we're traveling because this is what we do. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to remember that this is like going to college is an opportunity, like it's a choice and not everyone gets that opportunity as well. So you have to make the most of it while you're there. Correct. And, you know, coaches are always looking to, to refill spots. And if you're not going to perform, then, you know, it could only be a matter of time before, before your, uh, your opportunity is done. Yeah. Um, Darcy, I, I like a few people here will have an idea, but, Liam, you were with us only for last since last off season. I just want to have a little bit of insight of what did you guys do to prepare for going to college, sort of preparing for that hectic training schedule and <clears throat> heavier loads in the gym and on the field as well. Yeah, uh, so I I would um I trained pretty much every day. Um, a lot of the times when I was back home, I I, I worked. Um, Worked to I think like seven to four o'clock job, and then I would track from there. I go to practice. Um, but then about two months in, um, until I had to leave, I quit my job so I could train for hours on end every day. Um, it'd be training at West Beach for some days. It'd be four hours, uh, four to five hours, and then straight from there to um, AAC. I'd be there for hour and a half, maybe usually an hour, hour and a half um, with muck around time. <laughs> Bit of basketball. <laughs> a lot of basketball. <laughs> yep. That was pretty much it. Um, well, I guess my story is a little bit different because uh, when I was talking with Riley, uh, Riley Moore, um, you know, shout out to him too. I'm, I'm hoping that he's listening and he probably is. Um. <laughs> You know, we were after my like first Division One, well, my only Division One uh, season up until this point. 
I kind of talked to him with the the idea of like, is it too late? Have I missed the boat for college? And um, he's like, no, like we can we can look into JUCO. And I, I didn't really have an idea as to what that system kind of looked like or anything like that. So I was like, oh yeah, like we'll, we'll look into it. And he's just like, this could be really cool, dude. Like you could play like in Texas or in Florida. Or I had another offer from a school in Chicago. And um, it kind of didn't hit me because we started the recruitment process, I would say like early June. Like I started sending emails out like a month and a half before I'm supposed to leave. So it didn't really leave me a whole bunch of time. But obviously at that point I was kind of already throwing and I was doing some uh, some winter stuff with Josh Spence. And um, that really helped. You know, we were doing hybrid A's and hybrid B's and pull downs and stuff. So my arm was already, you know, conditioned really, really well um to the load that I was probably going to get introduced to into well what I what I thought anyway and then um you know signed all the paperwork and got what I needed to get done uh all done and then headed over for fall and we kind of the pitches split it up so that we're throwing maybe one inning for an inner squad game during the week and then maybe two innings in the fall so I think my freshman year I only pitched like 12 innings for like four months so going into spring, my arm was like probably the healthiest and the freshest it's ever been. Um, so, you know, spring I was really ready to go and um, had a bit, a bit of a velo jump as well because obviously, you know, with the time off and the recovery um, that I had from not throwing as intensively as I probably would have if I had stayed home in Division One. But, you know, you kind of flip that over into the spring and all of a sudden I'm throwing, you know, six or seven innings a game when I hadn't really done that before, you know. Um, so... Uh, there's a there's a lot of systems in place in Adelaide for sure that helped me get ready for um for the for the seasons. Yeah, awesome. Um, and Liam, you only spent you only spent one season in Div One in SABL here. Um, and a lot of people sort of describe you sort of like burst onto Div One and sort of Super League. Do you think that sort of motivated you to think, oh, maybe I can go to college and make something of this? Yeah, well, to be honest, I think. There's a bit of an idea that came to me when I was, I reckon it would have been around 2017. I went on a basketball trip um, with Al Green when I was still playing basketball at Westminster. And um, there was like this paid trip that we could go on to. We went to LSU and a couple of other schools. We went to um, the senior night game for LSU's football team, for the football game. And the atmosphere there was crazy. It was like 110,000 people, like all decked out in yellow and purple. And I was like, oh my God, like how cool would this be? Like, how could, you know, to play college sport at, at this level, that would be amazing. And um, I kind of, you know, year 12, I didn't really, well, I didn't even have the skills to be considered for anything. You know, I was still playing like Division three at that time and, you know, a sniff of Division two every now and then, you know, maybe an inning or two. And I think I was actually, I played shortstop a couple of times, uh, not to scare you, Darcy, but in Division two, but um <laughs> But um, yeah, I was just like, I'll give it a I'll give a shot with Division One, and um, that season for Super League, um, you know, Scott Pratt and Mark Haylock, they pretty much told me like, you know, you're gonna be a developmental player, like, you know, bring your cleats and stuff and be ready to go. But you know, it's unlikely that you'll see the field. And then that game, well, I guess we got pretty lucky because we had the double header because um, of the rain or whatever the week before, and we kind of ran out of pitching, and they're like. You know, let him go down in the pen. I was like, oh god, I'm I might actually go in. So I was like doing all my, you know, like mental and physical, like um, I guess trying to get ready to potentially go in. And um, you know, pitches before me were kind of struggling a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'm going in. 
And then um, obviously Wiggy, Ben Wigmore heard about my outing. I think he actually saw it too. And um, I think I was close to being like division one, but probably, you know, that, that outing obviously helped. And then I pitched like, I think 45 innings or close to 45 innings for, for Goodwood. And then I was the game one starter against Sturt that year. And, you know, if I had told myself that that was going to be my next season after, you know, division three MVP, like, I would have been like, I'm maybe a couple of years away from that, but not, but not in the next eight months. Um, but, you know, that kind of inspired me a little bit to go, well, you know, that's what hard work gets you. And, you know, I've, I've always dreamed about playing for Adelaide Giants or, you know, potentially playing professional. I was like, let's see, let's see what comes of it if I really push myself. And then Josh Spence kind of, you know, approached me and said, like, I've got an opportunity for some kids, you know, to, to come and, um, you know, doing a, a, like a training camp with me for a couple of months. And I was like, yeah, like it's an awesome opportunity. Like even if nothing comes of it, you know, to pick his brain and, and to kind of learn like the elite, uh, you know, side of pitching. Uh, Cause obviously, you know, he's an, an elite artist himself. Um, so shout out to Spencey as well. Um, but yeah, like learning from him, you know, he was amazing. Uh, and then hearing about his stuff that he did in college. And I was like, okay, like, you know, people from Australia and people from Adelaide. Um, you know, they're doing it. So let's see if it works out for me. And so far it's, it's working out all right with, um, hopefully, uh, division one, uh, you know, contract or something in the, in the near future. That's what we're shooting for. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. No, that's a, that's a, no, that's a great journey. And like awesome now that you're now playing college ball after not thinking that you're thinking that you're a few years away from playing div one baseball. Um, is there anything you guys think? could have done differently in your preparation for college or anything that you might have changed a little bit? That's a good question. Um, to be honest, I don't think so. Um, you know, I kind of threw myself a little bit into the deep end with the whole, you know, leaving, you know, signing to a college really late. But, um, you know, the – the staff that I have with Clar- uh, Clarendon, you know, especially Craig Snook, my head coach, you know, he's been nothing but supportive of me. And um, if I had, I, I, I wouldn't change anything, to be honest, apart from maybe um, reach out to, to Ryle a little bit more in terms of like how to deal with lifestyle changes. Cause obviously going from Australia to, to the American system is, uh, is different, but um, the only lifestyle changes that I've kind of had has been, you know, Americans asking me questions about like, oh, like, you know, what kind of kangaroo do you take to school and all this stuff. So, no, I, I wouldn't have changed anything. So, and Darcy, what about you? Is there anything you think you might have changed about your preparation? No, I reckon I'm in the same boat. I was I was pretty happy with my preparation um, for coming here. I mean, I I trained as as hard as I could have, um, like at at West Beach and in the gym. I would always I was burning myself out. Um, I think maybe the one thing I could think of was maybe working more on my weaknesses. Um, not that necessarily I thought that I had, I thought I was pretty strong in most cases apart from general strength. Um, but for example, like my back end, um, in, in the infield, I, I never really struggled with my back end in like games or trainings or anything. And I felt fine with them, but I just noticed that for me to, get to the next level and have to compete, I had to really sharpen them up because I would I would watch um players in the SEC or in big universities um and just wonder what makes them better than me. Um 
and I was watching them do stuff, and I was thinking, I can do the same thing as that. Like, I can I can do a back, and I can make a diving play. I can I can throw the ball hard. Um, but it was more just making the movements more sharp, and I guess in a way more convincing. Because you see some kids, they'll they'll feel the ball um, and make the play, but it didn't look, you know, clean or smooth, or it didn't look like they could do that every time. So I think I just I would have worked more on really perfecting every single part of my game, like my, my backhand, my, even just my forehand, um, and just d- doing everything um, and thinking about how to make it look smooth and how to be more comfortable with it. Yeah, so really trying to invest time in filling in those holes of your game and maybe don't double down on it. Well, obviously you want to double down on what you're strong at, but make sure that yeah. those holes just aren't as deep in your game and they don't get sort of caught out as you go to college. Yeah, because there's always, I mean, there's always like good days and bad days at training, and sometimes some days there are that you want to work out and practice, and some days you don't want to do it, but you still have to anyway. Um, and I think when you don't want to do it, people just go through the motions and they'll train just to say that they've trained instead of actually going to training hmm. and actually focusing on stuff and um, making yourself better and feeling your yourself like yourself improve in that um, aspect of the game. Because I would, some days I would just hit and I would just focus on hitting a barrel, which then I'd get good at that. But then it's not so much hitting a barrel, but it's more hitting a barrel, like where do you want to hit it? And thinking about situations in your head and really trying to put yourself in the game, like in the moment and trying to put yourself under pressure like you would be in a game and then try and hit it Mm -hmm. to, you know, the the gaps in the field or um, focus on where the runners are. And if you want to, put a ball in the air so they can tag up and score, like do that in the cage instead of just thinking about that in the game and getting used to it. Yeah, it's almost trying to expose yourself to things that make you uncomfortable, things you aren't good at to make you a better player. I think when you when you are going to the tunnels and you are out in the field practicing, you have to, it has to be pur- purposeful practice and it has to be knowing what you're working on, knowing what isn't a strength of yours and what you have to do to get better for that. And that I think that takes a lot of brain power and it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to improve those things that you're not, not good at. Definitely. And I think that's the biggest aspect where it comes to where the people improve the most and where that separates you from other people. Cause you can work hard and do extra training, but if you, if you're just doing extra training and just going through the motions still, but you're just getting more hours into training, it doesn't do you any good. Someone could train, like just a regular training and get better than someone who trains an extra two to three hours in you if they just put their head down and focus actually on what they're doing. Yeah, 100%. Um, Liam, you, you're sort of sitting, you said, say, you said you're sort of sitting 89 to 90 for your fastball now. Um, obviously, you weren't someone who was sort of, you weren't, coming, you weren't coming out at 15 and throwing 85. I feel like you really had to work hard and grind for the velocity that you're sitting at now. What's been your process for, as a pitcher, finding that velocity and sort of what training methods have you used for to, like, throw hard? I think um, definitely the, the biggest thing that I would say is obviously the weight gain. Obviously, you know, I was, I was a pretty skinny kid growing up and um, I did have a little bit of, you know, wingspan on my side to help, you know, with as, you know, added levers. Um so that's that's definitely been a factor, and then obviously that's come through working out in the gym and you know lifting weight properly and moving good weight through good ranges of motion. 
Um, but a thing that I've been working on a lot more recently is my flexibility and ranges of motion through like active stretching and stuff. That's been, uh, I've noticed that, um, especially in my hip shoulder separation. Um, but I guess the process of going from maybe when I was like 16, 17, when I was actually really working on, you know, being a PO, you know, um, pitching only where, um, I would say that the drills that I was probably doing the most was the implementation of weighted balls. So like the driveline program, um, you know, I did that with Josh Spence and, and Riley Moore. Um, so they, those, those, uh, probably would be the biggest contributing factor, I would say, uh, is the way the pliables for sure. Um, but then obviously, you know, when coming to AAC, we could kind of fine tune that stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we could look at, you know, uh, analyzing mechanics and be like, okay, you know, you move really well in these two areas. So we were talking about, you know, my jumps and stuff and talking about how much load I actually needed my, my back leg. And then we could, you know, kind of fine tune that kind of stuff. And that kind of just made it so much more consistent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. It's sort of everything that you're doing, sort of like being athletic, being strong, having a strong arm and working with mechanics is sort of all encompassing and sort of that's what leads to gain, gaining velocity over time. And obviously you do, you do find those jumps here and there, but I think a lot of people, a lot of people get caught not, not seeing those velocity jumps and sort of <clears throat> getting discouraged when it's sort of yeah. it's a grind. But we've had a chat before saying you just have to zoom out and you, you can see that progress once you zoom out and have a look at it, look at it as a bigger picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Consistency, consistency with um, all of that stuff that you know is going to be beneficial is, is definitely the way to go. Um, and I'm getting frustrated too, because, you know, there was, there was times where I came in to do like plyo testing and I was down by one or two mile an hour. And it's not that big a difference in the terms of the, the long, long, uh, I guess, aspect of the journey. But in that moment, I was like, Oh my God, like I should be, I should be this. And I was only one or two mile an hour away from PBs. It's like, well, you know, if you compare that to where I was three years ago, yeah, that's you it. Take it again. Just zoom out. Look, look where were you a year ago? Oh, 80, 84, 85, and now it's yeah. five miles harder than what you were. So that's that's progress. Yeah. Really good progress. Um, what would be what would be your advice to young pitchers? <clears throat> oh, young pitchers. See, that's that's tricky. Um, well, I guess that's the thing I would say is take yeah. care of your arm. Yeah. <laughs> They're young, so they shouldn't be in any pain. Uh, but take care of the arm. You know, start um, getting kids probably, um, you know, J-bands and that kind of stuff. You know, getting them exposed early. And um, if, I guess another way to, to look at this question is if I what like what would I tell, you know, 14 or 15-year-old me? Um, you know, I would probably just say get into J-band, uh, doing push-ups and stuff, you know, doing pull-ups. And if you can't do pull-ups, do you know, like assisted rows or other stuff like that. Um, but I would tell young pitchers that actually have, you know, a desire to throw, you know, throw hard and, and to throw at a high level is just, regardless of the results, the process is going to be the, you know, that one thing that you're going to have to work through. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I like that message. And Darcy, you're dealing with an injury at the moment. Um what do you what do you feel like you're doing right now to sort of make up for maybe not being able to train or not be able to do everything you can in terms of baseball to make sure you're staying at that college level? 
Uh, I think I'm definitely I'm definitely staying a lot mentally stronger than uh, I thought I would be. I remember there's uh, there's kids on the well, there's, there's guys on the team who have had Tommy John um, in previous years, or they're going through Tommy John, and we're out for a year. And I remember thinking to myself, I I could not do that. Like I could not um, get an injury and be out for a year. It just it'd break me mentally. Um, but then when I had this injury, there was a possibility where I would be, I could be out for a year, um, which thankfully I'm not now, but I could have been out for a year. And I just realized it's, um, I just took that on board and I went, all right, well, there's no point, you know, getting down about it now. It's um, time to get out and get to work. So in terms of what I've actually done, I've, I mean, I've done three, I think three months of physical therapy. Um, I've been talking to my the physio here um, pretty much every day asking him what I could do more of, um, asking him when I can get back into throwing, get back into swinging, doing everything um, that I can be. Um, but to stay up to date with everyone, I pretty much did all the lifts that I could that didn't use my arms. So I got a lot stronger in my legs. Um, I do a lot more leg workouts. Um, and then eventually started swinging, uh, just kept progressing, getting more in a tent, uh, started throwing again. Um, doing a lot of the stuff I did back in um, Australia where I do the bands and go through the driveline program step by step and like taking care of every range of motion and um, building back the strength that I could. And now, I I mean, I think I'm ready to play right now. So I'm um, just staying diligent in training and staying, I'd say, patient. I've been very patient, whereas when I was younger, if I got injured, I would just want to get straight back out there and get back to the, um, playing again, which I still do, but I'm more smart about how I'm going about it. And I'm understanding that I need to not rush into it and I need to take every step um, correct so that I can get back sooner. Yeah, that's good. And it's good to hear that you're sort of almost back to playing now after something, after a, a decent period out injured. Like that's always tough. And yeah, just being self-aware, trusting the process again, and doing everything you can, I think a lot of people don't realize there's still, even around an injury, there's so much that you can do to still be progressing and still be getting better, like even through throughout an injury period. Absolutely. A lot of people, um, a lot of people get injured and they go, oh, well, now I'm injured. Um, there's an excuse not to train or not to work out. But I mean, you're only injured at one, one part of your body. Um, I mean, unless you've, you know, you're paralyzed. You- then you can you can you can still work out. I mean, mine, mine's just my right shoulder. So I've been I've been doing bench press with just my left arm, um, and I've been holding a dumbbell or um, in my right shoulder just to keep the stabilization. But I've been doing still uh, bench press and absolutely killing my legs, getting these chicken legs into man legs. So um, yeah, there's Christmas there's no, hands, mate. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, I realize that there really is no excuse. Um, in your training like you get injured but there's still things to work on you can still like we just had a guy who um he broke his pinky um and he's got a cast in it so he can't he can't swing but he hasn't missed a day of training and he's been working with his glove hand because he, he broke on his throwing hand he's been doing infield work with his glove hand um working on he's been working a lot more on flips like because he's a middle infielder and, and a third baseman so he's been working on doing flips um with the glove and he's getting actually really good at that um, which I think that was something that's something different is the just the mentality too com- difference with um, Australians versus Americans. I think in Australia there was a lot of kids that um, would just take the time off, but here if someone gets injured, they're they're still there um, every day and getting better. 
yeah, yeah, not a, yeah, not an opportunity to take time off, just an opportunity to ad- adapt and over. <coughs> Just make sure you're a stronger athlete in the end. Yeah. Cool. Uh, just up to, we'll do a little bit of a speed round just to just to finish off. Um, right. uh, let's go. Favorite team. Ooh, that's a good one. I would say Cubs. Yeah, Chicago Cubs. Nice. Yeah. Uh, favorite player ever. 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 Can be anyone. From any sport, oh, man. Major League, SFL. <laughs> I mean, oh man, I'll I'll do one from I'll do one from ABL and one from um, MLB. Yeah, I would say ABL uh, has to be Fiji. You know, I've worked really closely with him, and um, you know, he's just, he's just a legend. You know, uh, and then MLB. Uh, I really do like uh, Marcus Stroman. I know he's potentially not uh, – he gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes about the way he goes about things, but his mentality for how he approaches a, a start or, um, you know, getting ready for a game is um, is something I look up to. And so I would definitely say him. And Darcy? Uh, I would say from, say from MLB, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay loyal to um, my boy Harvey Baez. Um, he's been my favorite player for a while, even though now he's uh he's actually seemed to be overpaid by about twenty million dollars compared <laughs> to his performance. Um, I still think it's important. Um, for what he does is, but he's up there with the swaggiest players on the field. Um, and I like to go with that approach too, like look good, feel good, play good. Um, which I think helps with confidence. Um, when you're playing, so yeah, I go with Javier Baez. Um, I think ABL. Um. I know Riley's gonna be mad at me for not saying him, um, but, <laughs> but this is a, um, <clears throat> Curtis, Curtis Mead um, has been one of my idols, um, you know, ever since I was like probably ten years old at West Tyrants. Um, he was always a couple a couple years above me um, at West Tyrants, and I always got to watch him play, and I always looked up to him from a young age. And seeing what he's doing now, especially the other day, and. <laughs> Big league spring training, getting two bombs. Is, yeah, that's is crazy. Inspiring and motivational to watch. Uh, I do just want to give a little bit of preface to my uh, favorite team answer because it, it was the Yankees up until about six weeks ago. I'm just sick of uh, seeing the budget roll out and no results. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, highest paid losers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, nah, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> I'm sick of the stigma attached to it. So, uh. We'll uh, we'll go back to the cups for a little bit and see how they go. Good choice. Uh, favorite fast food. Chick Fil A for sure. Chick Fil A. Yeah. This is probably an unpopular one, but Culver's. I'm not. It's not really um one of the big ones in America, but there's a place here in the Midwest um called Culver's, and it is unreal. Mm. Never heard of it. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> um, karaoke song. That's a good one. I need to come up with this because we we um if we do a sweep win or we win the series, we do <clears throat> freshman karaoke on the bus. So I gotta, oh god, I gotta start I think of something. Yeah. Um, I mean, sweet Carolina is always a good one. Yeah, I was gonna say either that one. Um, 
I don't know who it's by, but uh, Tequila, that like the song that's got one word in it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just do that. Um, yeah, that's Sweet Caroline's a good one. Um, you gotta do a classic. Everyone knows it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Nice. Thanks for that, fellas. Um, good luck for yeah. Good luck for your seasons, Darcy. Good luck. Looking forward to seeing you out playing again. Um, excited to have you guys back for the off season, whenever it is. If you come back, sort of after this college season or after the next one. Um, yeah, I haven't seen you guys for a while, so it'd be good to have you back in here. Um, and yeah, Liam, hopefully you come back this time and you can beat me in one on one. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Don't worry, I've got some Instagram reels saved with some good one-on-one moves, so I'll uh, I'll be putting in some work. Don't worry, mate. Sweet. All right, thanks, fellas. Thanks. Bye.